Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the first U.S. Fight sports business podcast, The Sportacast. All right, Chatri, we like to judge Eben's opening. All right, we, you know, sometimes he brings it, like he's very, he's very literal. Uh, sometimes he gets creative. What'd you think of that opening, Chatri? Uh, I thought it was okay. Okay, yeah, little, I, would, I would, yeah, could have been a little bit more uh, bigger, g- given the magnitude of the fact that we're bringing the entire world to America for the first time for American fans to see the very best martial arts on the planet across multiple disciplines. Um, and American fans are in for a treat. Um, they've never seen anything like this before. So maybe, Evan, you can try it again. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I, no, no. Ch- Chatrice Sichatong, founder, CEO of One Championship. I'm going to give you the opportunity to play Evan right now, if we will, all right? So I'm just going to do a hello, I'm Scott, Scott Soshnick open, and then you give me the best promo that you want with the enthusiasm. Show this kid how to do it. All right, so again, we, this is the way we do it. We're coming in three, two, one. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. May 5th. The biggest thing to happen in combat sports in American history. One championship, the world's largest martial arts organization, is coming to Denver, Colorado, live on Prime Video at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come watch the greatest world championship martial artists on the planet across mixed martial arts, Muay Thai, kickboxing, submission grappling, you name it. The very best in combat sports here and now, May 5th. That was Thank better. Eben. That was Eben. better. Yeah. Did, we, did we learn the lesson finally of what promotion really is? This promotion is performative better. and promotion. And by the way, Chatri, I got to tell you, just the whole, the whole, like just everything about a submission ending, it just does sound, it sounds so unpleasant. Like, I want to see how fast am I begging? Like, what do you, how do you submit? Do you like raise your hand, tap? What do you do to submit? Tap. You tap, you can verbally tap, say I tap, or you can tap physically. So some submissions, you know, you, if your arms are, your hands and arms are incapacitated, then you would have to verbally tap, right? Say I tap, I tap, tap, tap. But, uh, or you would do with your foot, you know, you'd, you, you'd basically smack the, 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 the cage uh, with, right. with, with okay. your foot. Uh, but yeah, submission grappling is definitely, definitely not for the faint of heart. So if I, if I, for instance, for like, let's just say I was in so much pain and I, and I lost, you know, all, all sense of where, and I've, if I just said, mommy, does that count? <laughs> I think, I think that might count. I, th- I think the ref would stop in if you said mommy. If you, <laughs> if you pass out, that also counts. Yeah. Yeah, if you, yeah. You cannot, if you can't tap, you can't say, if you just pass out, that's up. But Hey, we got good news. I mean, and you did a great job on the promo there, Chetri, but we have good news and bad news. The good news is that your event sold out in like no time. 
right? That's the good news. Yeah, several the weeks bad ago, news, zero marketing. Very surprising, right, okay. actually. Uh, so the bad news is with zero marketing, your event sold out in no time. Maybe you underestimated the power of what you got here. No, for sure. I mean, I mean I'm kicking myself, you know, um, uh, because my team had told me, Chatri, let's do it, you know, in, in the largest um, stadium possible. Let's go, you know, let's go very big, 20,000 seater, 30,000 seater. Uh, and I just didn't want to um, do that. I just thought, look, you know, we're brand new in America. We're, a, a, you know, a nascent brand. Um, we might be known uh, amongst the hardcores or the martial arts practitioners here, but we just, you know, let's be very real. No one knows about one uh, right now across mainstream America. Um, and so I thought, hey, let's just go for a mid-sized stadium and, 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 and uh, you know, hope for the best. And, yeah, I was shocked. We announced May 5th, Denver, Colorado, uh, announced a few bouts. And within a week, we were 70% sold out. And then, yeah, several weeks ago, we sold, we completely sold out. So I was shocked. I mean, uh, you know, I guess it's it's more popular than I thought or one is, is, is more sought after by fans um, in the States than I thought. And this is a this is a seven thousand seat arena, roughly yep. outside outside yep. of Denver. And, and yep. how do you? I'm curious. How do you choose Denver? What what makes that the the spot? I mean, you you want to do an event? You're, you're huge in Asia. You want to do an event in the U.S. How do you decide what city, let alone what what venue to start in? So so um, Colorado has historic significance in the sport of mixed martial arts for America. Um, in 1993, uh, UFC held its first event in Colorado. Um, but, um, equally important, I think. Um, so that's kind of a, you know, if you want to say the birthplace of American mixed martial arts, um, although the sport of mixed martial arts, uh, was originally born, uh, in Asia, uh, in 1986 or 1984, um, in Japan. Um, but the American birth was, was in Colorado. So I thought we thought that's kind of a significant moment, um, for now the world's largest martial arts organization to come to America and, and pay our respects to, Colorado. At the same time, the Colorado Athletic Commission um, was very aggressive in approving the global rule set uh, so that we could come in with multiple um, disciplines of martial arts, um, you know, in the same night. So what you will see is basically Olympics of martial arts in a single night, all the different disciplines, right, under different rule sets. Um, and that's, Which is that's uh, different from UFC for for fans uh, listeners here that 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 are familiar with watching a UFC event. That is the same rules for every bout, essentially, right? Outside of the, right. the round length, you're talking about a different different disciplines and different different rule sets for each fight. Yes, it, it's literally like watching the Olympics. You know, with the Olympics, you'll watch a hundred meter uh, dash, you'll watch the high jump, you'll watch the you know the the hundred foot dive, whatever it is, or you'll watch you know boxing or, or basketball. Um, but what you know in the Olympics is this is the very best in the world, right? The very best on the planet. Um, and you're there to enjoy watching the very best of the best go at it for the highest stakes in the world, which is the Olympic gold medal. It's the same thing with one um, and, and why we've, uh, you know, lit the world on fire. Literally our viewership metrics and um, organic video views and digital video views, you know, is, is much significantly larger than the UFCs. I know UFC is big in America, but um, in terms of global viewership numbers, in terms of global organic video views on TV or or on uh, on digital social, um, we're significantly larger than the UFC, and that's something um, I think American fans don't know. Um, but when we come uh, to America for the first time on Den in Denver, Colorado, on May fifth, um, live on Prime Video at eight PM Eastern Standard Time, American fans will be in for a big treat. And Hold on, you know, here's right the thing: we're not coming in. 
this is our first event and I want to keep it small. Um, but the plan, you know, with Amazon is to do at least once a month on ground in the U.S. Um, and make it a real part of, uh, you know, mainstream combat sports uh, calendar uh, for the U.S. How do you do that? I mean, it really, I know it sounds like a very basic question, but it's, it's not that simple. How, what are the steps? What's the plan? How do you make it a mainstream part of the American sports fans' consciousness? So I think one good thing is, you know, um, mixed martial arts and UFC have done a f- phenomenal job. And then, I, you know, genuinely, the sport of mixed martial arts is in mainstream consciousness, and so is UFC here in America. So it's just a, um, is it really just a brand issue? No, I, I think, you know, it's, it's like everything in life, right? You have to start off with the core, hardcore fans, uh, the most knowledgeable fans. And you, I think of it as concentric circles. You have to, you know, appeal to the martial arts practitioner, to the martial arts gyms and schools in the community. Um, then you have to, um, uh, the next outer layer, you have to appeal to the martial arts, the, the combat sports fans, the folks like boxing and kickboxing and, and MMA and UFC. Um, and then you've got to appeal to the sports fan after that. And then you've got to appeal to mainstream. Uh, and there's obviously a marketing plan behind each of those. And we've been able to light up uh, entire countries uh, all over the world. As I said, our viewership numbers, according to Nielsen, um, is significantly larger than UFC's globally in terms of TV, digital, and social uh, viewership numbers. And this is all, you know, you can see the last year Nielsen came out with the 2022, I think, sports media consumption industry report. It was naming the top 20 largest global sports media properties and 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 all that data. And we were very surprised, to be honest. We, we knew we were growing very fast. We knew we were probably bigger than some properties out there, but we had no idea that we would be, you know, top five in the world, um, you know, alongside NBA and, and, and Champions League and EPL and whatnot. That was very, very what's surprising. Your breakdown in, what's your breakdown in terms of TV, streaming, and social? So... Um, TV viewership, just to give you perspective, is around 400 million, according to that Nielsen Industry Report, uh, per year, 400 million fans, unique, uh, uh, reach. Um, and, uh, that compares with, I think, 259, uh, for UFC. And that compares with, I think, NBA was, I think, 500 or 600 million. Um, just to give you perspective. Um, and then our organic video views on digital and social were, uh, a few billion. I can't remember the exact number. I think it was three or four billion. Um, and that was number two in the world behind NBA. Um, so, yeah, it's across all platforms. It's TV, YouTube, social media, et cetera, et cetera. And that excludes China, by the way. In China, we're, we're huge. But I think Nielsen only did, did this report only on um, the, the world without China, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. They did it on, for example, social media was, was only Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, and I think TikTok. But you know, as you may or may not know, in China, they have an incl- uh, internet firewall and they have their own platforms called Douyin, Kuaishou, um, Weibo, Weibo. Um, etc. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things I always think about with combat sports, especially here in the U.S., is that they seem to kind of live and die by the athlete themselves. If there is a very compelling UFC star like a Conor McGregor or, or a Ronda Rousey, a lot of people want to tune in. And if those people are not fighting or there's there's no superstar, the fights can be amazing, but a lot fewer people tune in. I'm, I'm curious if you think that you guys have a different approach or is it or do you guys just you have know, massive I, I, international stars as well? 
Well, well, I think, you know, it's like any other sport, though, right? I mean, uh, how many F1 drivers do you really know? Lewis Hamilton, right? A couple, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, uh, basketball players, you know, how many people do you really know? I mean, other, if you go around the world, people might know Michael Jordan. People might know a, a few other people, uh, but not many more. Um, tennis, uh, Roger Federer or et cetera. Um, every sport, there's going to have, there's going to be, for every sports league, there's going to be a handful of names that truly transcend the sport and become global and historic over time. Um, but I think what, again, props to the UFC, what they've done a great job is, you know, UFC has, has built an a, a incredible homegrown brand in the U.S. where Americans genuinely, you know, love the UFC and Watch the UFC. So I don't know if I subscribe to, hey, man, it's only the biggest stars. Yes, I agree with you. Mainstream-wise, you know, if you want to get the whole country to watch, just like F1, right? It takes Lewis Hamilton to race for the whole world to want to watch. But it also um, but it also took a reality show to get Americans to want to watch. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. So, you know, uh, Americans love what, – what, I'll tell you what's a little bit different about the American market versus the rest of the world. And, again, we're getting to know because we're, come, we're entering America for the first time. Americans love trash talk and, and they love, you know, and, and we don't um, get the ugly American stereotype without a reason there, Chitri. <laughs> well, look, you know, I, I, I've lived, uh, I lived, uh, in the States for over 18 years. So I have a lot of love and respect. You know, I lived the American dream. I, I came here when I was dirt poor and, and I left, um, you know, to be able to, with enough financial resources to be able to start one. So uh, I'm, I'm eternally grateful to the States um, for my education and for my work experience here. Uh, and, and I do get American culture. So I wouldn't uh, subscribe to the, um, the, the, the dumb American uh, as you, or, or ugly American as you put it. Um, I just think that uh, American culture is a little bit more um, confrontational than other cultures might be around the world. And it's, it's an okay thing. It's just every, every culture has its own kind of idiosyncrasies or, or, or uniqueness. And American culture, I think that's why in the hockey games, you know, people want to watch the fights. They don't want to watch the hockey. They want to see, you know, the uh, the enforcer come out and, and enforce. Right. You're, you're talking uh, you know, to a bullying, hockey right? guy here, Chetri. You're talking to a hockey yeah. guy. You know, my son's a big hockey player. We do that a lot on this show. I, w I want to see bigger rings and less fighting. I want to see the better players, but that's just me. Okay. I'll take the fighting. Okay. Yeah. yeah, everybody yeah. else will take the fighting. I get it. I was at Madison Square Garden last night for the Devils and, and, the, and the Rangers. Believe me, I know what that the, the, the bloodlust that that crowd wanted. I, I'm curious. that so, so knowing what you just said about how America American fans, American sports consumers may be a little bit different. How different is, is a one championship event in the U.S., either from content or from promotion, versus what you're doing in a company like Thailand? Um, it's pretty much the same thing. You know, our, our fundamental belief is that what makes a great, enduring sports property is values, heroes, and stories. So values that every family can celebrate uh, with their kids and grandkids watching the watching the content, watching the live event, um, heroes that genuinely inspire entire countries and inspire the world, and the stories behind them, the stories of overcoming adversity, tragedy, poverty, whatever it may be. Um, that's the formula that one has. You know, we, we rest on that. Values, heroes, and stories. If you look at the Olympics, why is it that when any country wins Olympic gold medal, it's such a huge deal? 
yes, it is the Olympic gold medal, but it's the values, heroes, and stories behind it, right? Um, it's the values of Olympic sportsmanship, of uh, of knowing you gave it your all and didn't cheat, and et cetera, et cetera. And and if you did lose, you 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 expressed um, you know sportsmanship and honor and respect. Um, it's just, it's the heroes that like literally entire countries get lit up, um, and obviously, um, you know the stories behind them. Um, so obviously, America has uh, tons of Olympic gold medalists, but you know it definitely uses the Olympics uh, to showcase why America is the greatest country in the world, right? How how is it that a country of only three hundred thirty million people, out of a population of eight billion, how is it that America? always has the most gold medals in the Olympics, right? That is a bragging right, uh, you know, that you, you know, despite being, I mean, China's 1.4 billion people. India's 1.4 billion I can tell you what it isn't. It, 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 it isn't. it isn't that the government pays for it. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's so remarkable. And I have so much love and, and gratitude towards uh, the U.S. It's, you know, um, my 18 years here, were truly some of the best years of my life. I learned so much about, you know, um, the pursuit of your dream and, and the American can-do spirit, the the entrepreneurial culture, the the the, the embracing of immigrants. You know, the his, the history of the country. Um, how is it that you have Silicon Valley? You have Wall Street. You have, I mean, every almost almost every industry that requires massive intellectual property and innovation. America leads, right? Um, it, it's just. So, um, so obviously we have our work cut out for us, you know, uh, coming to the States. Um, there's so many incredible sports properties, um, whether it's NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NASCAR, you name it. Um, obviously UFC, a lot of respect and admiration for everything that's been, but I, I, I'm, I, the way I view myself, I'm a student of the game. America is the most sophisticated, the largest sports market in the world. I want to learn, um, from the very best. Yeah, but, um, but what a time, Chatri, if you have to take on this task of ingratiating yourself to a new fan base. What a time. 10, 10, 15 years ago, you had to rely on others to tell your story. Now with tech and social, your athletes can go direct. They can tell their stories. You can go through your channels and, and, and tell those stories. It's a lot easier to disseminate all that information that you said is sort of the centerpieces of what yeah. makes sport great. Well, well, well I mean, th that's my point, right? It's... it's um... When Nielsen came out with that industry report on, on the top 20 largest global sports properties, um, I was genuinely surprised that we we're number five in the world. Um, and I reflected on how is it that we're number five in the world? And it, it goes exactly to what you say, Scott. It's that we were born 11 years ago. I started one 11 years ago. And I got very lucky. Why? The rise of social media. Think about where Facebook and Instagram and all these guys were 11 years ago. Think about where a smart mobile device was 11 years ago. How many people had smartphones, Okay. And if you think about technology revolution, the world is more connected than ever before. You, you put out a piece of content, it goes viral around the world. You can, you can genuinely get fans, millions of fans around the world um, just by posting great content. Um, in our case, we, got, we, have, we now have over 70 million fans on social media, um, which is astounding to me. And, and half of it is outside of Asia. Even though we've never thrown an event in America, we have millions of American fans already. So I agree a thousand percent with you. It, it has the world, the digital economy has, has really unified the world um, and, and made it possible to, to create a global property in 11 years. If you look at history, right, to create, create a truly global property, it takes anywhere from 70 to 100 years. You look at F1, it's 70 years old. 
You look at um, WWE, which is not a sports property, but it's you know an, an entertainment media property. If you look at uh, UFC, which is 30, 30 plus years old. If you look at um, NFL, 100 years old. If you look at EPL, 100 years old. It takes a long time. But why did it take us only 11 years? I'd like to say, oh, we're so amazing. No, we got very lucky. We were born in an era in which social media exploded and smart mobile devices exploded. Basically, content selling became democratic. We have 70 million followers because we put out great content, because fans love our fights. They love our heroes. Um, I can't imagine how hard it was for Bernie Ecclestone to build F1. He had to go city by city and convince them to put a racetrack, get these million-dollar cars. I mean, it's mind-boggling what he did over 70 years. Yeah, I was going to say the the last year, January 2022, you guys raised $150 million at $1 billion valuation. Two big names 1. leading 4, that. 1.4 billion. 1.4 billion U.S. dollars. Um, two... <laughs> two, two big names in there Guggenheim uh, which American baseball fans very familiar with with the Dodgers and then um, a, a group out of Qatar um, walk us through the, those two groups what they bring to the table and then I want to certainly want to get into what you guys are doing in the Middle East as well yeah so in the history of the global combat sports industry you know um, we've raised the most uh, amount of capital 500 million dollars um and uh, I think there's only two billion dollar properties, UFC and us. Um, and uh, you're right, we did. We, we do have a bunch of American investors. We have Sequoia Capital out of, out of Silicon Valley. We have uh, Guggenheim out of LA. Um, we have uh, Vulcan, or now now called Circano. Um, the, Vulcan owns uh, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that was Paul Allen's Allen, yeah. firm, yeah. Yeah, Paul Allen's exactly. Um, so we have several big, you know, blue chip. U.S. American investors, uh, U.S. institutional investors, rather. Um, we're very, very fortunate. So they've obviously been very helpful to us in our U.S. entry as well. Um, and um, I don't know. I, I think they see they see the magic in, in, in one's trajectory and what we're doing, and, and they believe that we can, um, you know, be amongst the most valuable sports properties in the world. So we might be top five in the world in terms of viewership on TV and and and. Um, social metrics, uh, social view, viewership and, and digital view, viewership. But in terms of valuation, we're still a baby, right? I mean, NFL is valued at $100 billion. NBA is valued at $70 billion. Um, F1, I think, is valued at $20 billion. You know, we're, we're at $1.4 billion. So we have a ways to go. Um, but I think the U.S. market is going to be a key uh, a key to our to our future valuation. And I, I think if I if I remember correctly, UFC was around twelve in in, in the recent tie up between UFC and WWE. You mentioned yes. some business metrics that 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 you guys are outpacing them globally on on a media scale. Do you think of those valuation differences largely as what you're saying about the strength of the U.S. kind of commercial sports market? Is that a product of them doing a lot of their business in the U.S. Well, and you guys doing yeah, a lot of your no. business elsewhere? What, no, what well, do you think about I mean, the, the differences there? Oh, well, first of all, UFC is 30 years old. We're 11 years old. Okay, so the fact yeah. that we're, we are approximately the same size on some metrics and we're larger in, in other metrics and they're larger in some uh, some metrics, I mean, it, it uh, makes sense because they're 30 years old, we're 11 years old. Um, and so we haven't had as much time to catch up on revenues as, let's say, the UFC. Um, but also, I agree, UFC was born in America, which is the largest um, sports market by far. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, 
in terms of total global industry sports revenues, the U.S. market alone accounts for 80%. That's amazing. Just, yeah, <laughs> That's so, amazing. So, so that is a, a staggering number. So again... <laughs> Uh, and that, that's and, why Barcelona, Real Madrid, and every EPL team come here every summer. And 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 that's why um, we're coming. That, that's why Amer- you know the, the the American market is very important to one. You know we've obviously arrived as a global property, um, and uh, and now it's really to um, open up the U.S. market um, to yeah. So. I think it's, again, really exciting times. You know, we have our work cut out for us. You know, the American market is, again, the the, the sports fan is so spoiled. <laughs> you know, you, you, the, even collegiate ball is unbelievable, right? Um, so the level of talent, the level of um, production quality, uh, the, the level of everything, you know, um, American sports properties, are, you know, are, are the mecca of, 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 uh, of global sports. You need a little tailwind here. There's some easy tailwinds here. Uh, who are the big influencers who are into one and can help you out here? Who can who can put it on their their TikTok channels? Uh, I saw what Travis Scott did for burgers and the Demilio sisters did for Dunkin' Donuts drinks. Who who can help you out with this promotion? You know, I'm I'm gonna have to uh, uh, defer to my social media team, but I, I <laughs> a few big name rappers are are fans um, of one um, Wiz Khalifa. That'll do it. Yeah, yeah, Wiz, Wiz Khalifa. Uh, I, I, there, there's a handful of a, a really big uh, mainstream uh, hip hop artists that are that are big fans of One that have organically not you know we didn't we didn't know they they just start, started posting stuff about One, um, but again it's still early days. Our brand is nascent. It's it's going to take time. I don't think this is going to be a one year thing. I think it's going to be a multi year thing. It's going to be you know um, I, I hope within three to five years One becomes a household name at least in the combat sports um amongst combat sports fans um sorry amongst the sporting fans uh, in the u.s obviously in the in the global combat sports scene we're already a household name um but again it's it's very different to be a household name in the general sports fan and then obviously the mainstream hey chitri we're, we're three and a half years old here at sportico i understand what it means to be a new brand and building you know we you know we we've we too talk about concentric circles we have hit the red dot on the on the on the dartboard. Those hardcore sports business professionals. We're there now. We're working about those outer rings, same as you. But before we let you go, I do want to make sure that we we do talk about what you guys are are doing in in the Middle East. I know you have a partnership in, in Qatar. Just hosted the the World Cup there. There's so many sports properties. Almost all of them are looking at the Middle East in some capacity as another growth opportunity. Walk us through what you guys are doing there, and and from a business standpoint, kind of what the what the opportunity is that you see in Qatar and and, and that region moving forward. I know that it's a it's an area that that loves combat sports of all sorts. Yeah, Qatar uh, is is an investor in one as well, and uh, we are talking to multiple governments in the Middle East region who are interested in having one, uh, you know, on their home turf. Um, uh, you know, I've uh, gone to Qatar, I think, for the last four years, many, many times, um, have a lot of great friends and a lot of love uh, for Qatar. It's an incredible country, incredible history as well, and... and uh, what they did with the World Cup, they produced the greatest World Cup in history, the most watched World Cup in history. They really know what they're doing. I mean, uh, the Qatar leadership is is truly brilliant. Um, and, uh, you know, knock on wood, so we're going to be announcing something big relatively soon uh, for the Middle East. But, yes, I agree with you. The reason why 
the Middle East has become such a big future sports market is the Middle East governments understand that the their dependence on oil and gas is going to run out in the next 20 to 30 years. They have to prepare their economies at scale for different industries. Um, and sports is one of those industries that truly elevates a country. And that's why, again, we have Olympics, whatever, the World Cup, right? Um, and you're able to use sports as a global soft power tool to pull in investors, tourism, um, to pull in industries, to pull in, you know, the labor market. It's a very, very powerful tool. And uh, many Middle Eastern governments um, understand this, especially like in, as Qatar, right? For Qatar, it's an incredible story. There are only, you know, 3 million people in the entire country of Qatar. And yet they hosted the world's largest sporting event um, and, and made it the most successful in history. Um, so this is not a one-and-done kind of thing. You're going to see a long-term trend of the major global sports properties, including one, um, uh, being on ground with regional headquarters in the Middle East. I, I, I foresee that um, for all the major global sports properties. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's a long-term trend that you will see. Um, and it's both because of supply and demand. Demand coming from the fan base in the Middle East, demand coming from the governments, but supply meaning that you know the global sports properties are looking for towards Asia um, for its growth opportunities, whether it's China, whether it's India, whether it's the Middle East. Um, you know, a lot of American properties are looking to, you know, expand horizons beyond the American borders. Well, we're looking forward to that, Chatri, in the long term. In the short term, looking forward to May 5th for one championship's debut here on U.S. soil in Denver, Colorado. This was great. Chatri Sichitang, CEO, founder of One Champ, joining us. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Eben. Take care, man. Got to say, Eben, um, I wish I was in Colorado. Uh, you know, the former, what is it, Roller Derby Arena? That's the uh, the tenant right now. But I, I would go check this out like I did. I checked out UFC at Prudential Center back in the day. I found issues with the live, like the people with cameras rolling around the ring. I couldn't see that much. It was almost like better to see it from home. Uh, I'm really interested to see how this goes and whether uh, Chatri really um, played it safe on this one but it pays dividends down the road. We talk so much, Scott, about leagues like the NBA and NFL, which are very saturated in the U.S., thinking about their overseas potential. This is interesting to hear someone talk about uh, a company that is very saturated in, in, in Asia, for example, now looking at breaking into the U.S. And, and I thought he did a very good job articulating why the U.S. market is so valuable uh, and also uh, the, the, the way in which you approach it and how different it is from other parts of the world. So on May 5th, I believe, is the date. We'll see how, how, how eventually one goes, but he made it very clear one championship is is looking at the U.S. as a place to hold many events consistently month by month, not just not just one-offs. And what did you learn from the podcast? There was one very important thing at the start. Uh, is it remember? <laughs> that he's a better uh, promoter of one championship than I am? Is that the, uh, is uh, that the lesson? Well, well, I'm sorry. There were two things. Two <laughs> things we learned. Two, two, two. One, yes, that he's much better than you. And two, that if you want to submit, you can cry mommy. There you go. Yeah. Very, very Not important. just uncle, mommy. He, 
<laughs> not just my, not just uncle, but mommy also. He is. Although you're mommy, I don't think she would come to your assistance. Oh, no, no. She, she's doing the submissions. Yeah. <laughs> More to come. He is Evan Novi Williams on the Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnick on the Twitter at Soshnick. Our producer is Matt Whitehurst. Thank you very much, Matt. Our digital media editor is Core Development. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of what is the Sportico Media Network.